Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Welcome, Thomas. Hello. Hi. Today, I'm hosting Thomas Cast. That is how you pronounce it, correct? Yes. As simple as it looks. I love it. <laughs> he is a fantasy author, and we can just jump in. Tell us about your book. My recent novel, The Great Convergence, uh, is uh, philosophical science fiction, but it's full of humor. Uh, I try to infuse it with as, as much humor as possible. It's about uh, a nameless uh, academic researcher who disappointed with his life tra time travels to the year uh, 2022. And by the way, he lives 10 million years in the future. So there he competes for grand tenure and glory with his nemesis, uh, Scott, and what they basically do in course of the, uh, the, the rivalry, they sabotage each other, uh, research and wreck reality beyond any recognition. And, you know, they all want to get at one another. So basically it's a tale for revenge. And um, as, as a bonus, you have some philosophical insights. Very fun. So would you consider it hard sci-fi or is this, well, you said there was humor in it, so I got that, but is it really, you have a lot of technical things in it or is it more fantasy sci-fi-ish? Well, it's more, more of a fantasy sci-fi. I use a lot of weird termino terminology, which is all made up, but it uh, underlines the, the pointlessness of, of, of uh, academic life and, and you know, uh, it's, it's a ba basically one big job at the, at the world of academia, which in my opinion, you know, uh, kind of uh, is closed off in this, this ivory tower thinking. But it's also, it's, it's a story about people. So the science, uh, although it's then there's time travel, there's different universes and transuniversal portals and you name it. But all in all, it's, it's just uh, just a background to what's really going on. And what's going on is, 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 is the struggles of, of, uh, uh, of my main uh, heroes. And one of them, I, I mentioned the nameless narrator, he's, he's really is biased and he's lying most of the time. By, by, um, by the way, he narrates the story. So you have to read between the lies. He's not telling you the truth. And it's up to the reader to figure out what's really going on. And then there is Scott. And he portrays Scott as, as, as an alternate evil. But is he really? And again, you have to make up your mind. Uh, there, there's uh, Larry. He's, he's a disgruntled art critic who hates art. Now, the thing with Larry is he's the so-called uh singular which means that only one version of him exists in the whole multiverse is a bit of science uh, and what happens is he jumps between different realities uh, and things go south whenever he appears he, he doesn't know this is this is happening there's jeffrey who's a talentless artist who produces um 
translational portals. I mean, he doesn't know that the, his, his sculptures, uh, he creates the impressive girlfriend, uh, have this uh, capacity, but this is what he ends up doing. And uh, last but not least, there's Timothy, uh, a genius astrophysicist who suffers from severe schizophrenia. He doesn't know whether the things he uh, sees are real or not. He's trying to save the, the universe from invasion of, uh, of, of uh, alternative version of, versions of himself coming from, from other worlds. And the, the reader doesn't know, is this his imagination? Are, are, are these things real? But it ends up, you know, all, all these characters uh, ends up, uh, they, they create the great convergence, which is an apocalyptic event, which I don't clearly explain what it is. You only know that it's something of profound meaning. Interesting. And what part or what inventions or what, did, are these astrophysicists, the, uh, the characters in academia, are they, inventing bombs or are they inventing things that help the world or are they in this race just for ego well i think the the the, the last one would be most appropriate answer i mean they don't invent bombs obviously they 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 invent really strange things so for example they have this lab in which they produce uh, universes uh, they can study, and uh, some of these universes uh, are damaged, uh, so they can conduct whatever study they, they want. And then after they are done with the universe, they discard it. And at, uh, at the university courtyard, there's, uh, there's a fountain which spews uh, time, and each stream has, has a, is, is, is a different time, and at one point there's some event going on, and the photographer falls into the fountain and he comes comes up completely disfigured because all these all, all the all these different parts got hit by a different stream of time. Um, things of uh, things of the, this nature and the the, the nameless narrative is um, he sits in his office and uh, they bring him some some horrifying mutations because the, the university the university administration decides that they need space for because they merge some some. Uh, departments and they have to stick these uh, things somewhere and so he, he, he sits there surrounded by, by horrid ghastly creatures uh, staring at him and eventually he starts um, uh, throwing them into the furnace as an act of um, malevolent vengeance against, against the world. And, so anyway, things, things, things like that. There's a few other inventions they have. If, if I can bore you, for example, there's a lab where, where they um, grow uh, nerve extremities in, in flower pots and there are stalactites and stalagmites they can just tear off and, and stick into genome blenders and this, this kind of thing. But anyway, all this is, this is, this, oh, by the way, and of course, everybody has a time machine in the garage. And it's, this, it's, it's this type of world. And time travel is pretty prevalent. Uh, in fact, uh, in one of the appendixes, I relate the, the history of time travel. If, if anyone would be interested, very cool. Oh, yeah. So this is this is the. But again, all of this. This is this is just a background because again, the the the, the main stories about the characters, about people, about the struggles, about who they are, who they want to be, and why. Uh, but if you if you if you want some colorful depictions of of the world ten million years from now, well, you're gonna get it. Fine. And 
have you made these characters or these stories from your personal experiences? Were you in academia yourself, or is this just something you've observed? Uh, I'm an ex-academic. Uh, I've been a university lecturer for several years. Um, and uh, I'm a, by profession, I'm an artist, I'm an illustrator and a photographer. Uh, my wife is a scientist, and through her, I uh, gained interest of science and met many, many scientists. I, I work with many scientists, uh, several universities. I create illustrations and photography for them. Um, so the, the world the, the world of academia is well known to me with, with their problems and uh, um, advantages and disadvantages. As for being an artist, I mean, I think there's this little part of me in each of the characters, but my characters uh, are pretty obnoxious people. I hope I'm not obnoxious, but I made them obnoxious. The reason being, I wanted them to be more relatable, and I didn't want my book to be just, you know, shiny, happy people doing basically nothing, or characters that are so wonderful that you just, I don't know, what you don't know what to do with them. With them, so they they all have uh, um, real imaginary struggles, and they they can be rude. They can be they can, they they uh, often act irrationally. Okay, they they don't make the right decisions or the decisions you would expect uh, uh, to be carried out by by same person. But of course, they they, they often under, under pressure. Uh, and uh, they have conflicting uh, conflicting agendas. So, uh, reassuming, um, I would say uh, I'm, many, many of my characters are based on, on real people, real events, but it's, it's always a wild mix of, of everything put together. Yeah, you definitely have to make characters relatable if they're too perfect, happy, happy, joy, joy. They don't have that struggle that a reader can relate to or uh, you right. have to, I mean, even your hero might have a couple of flaws that you don't love, but in the end, you know, hopefully they come through and be the hero, right? Right. They have, they have mostly flaws. <laughs> <laughs> and I, making universes in a lab, this brings up a lot of ethical questions. Were there, are there creatures in these universes that they're creating? Yes, absolutely. They're, they're, full, they're fully fledged, yeah, they're fully fledged universes. But here's, here's, here's the thing, because my book is uh, essentially a satire on, on, on modern world. Uh, so nowadays we uh, we speak of, of, of uh, animal rights and we still grow uh, mice in the lab and we justify it in one way or another. Now, so they, everything in 10 years in the future, they, they have exactly the same problems, but um, but it's all bigger. It's it's all more. Uh, um, I don't know. It has it has a different impact, but they still have this. There's just a couple of paragraphs that were were uh, the, the narrator that describes some hippie demonstrations and uh, picketing uh, outside of the university. But you know, usually the interest subsides and we can go back to our to, to saving humanity and doing our experiments on these universes. Uh, I, I don't know if it's, it's may, maybe it's not too subtle, but um, yes, I mean, I, I never, I never try to moralize. I never try to tell the, 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 
the reader what's right, what's wrong. They, the, the reader should make his or her mind, um, him or herself. Um, I do, however, point out to certain shortcomings of our, of our society. And whether it's good or, or bad, uh, you have to decide. Again, my characters have their own voice and their own agenda. This is not necessarily me speaking, okay? This is what they say. This is not always my, my, my way of seeing well. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, but this is, uh, again, again you, the reader has to decide what to take from, from all, of, all of that. Yeah, I think as authors, a lot of times goals can be just to make the reader think about it and think, wow, wait, just a minute, um, back up or rewind or, you know, let me wrap right. my brain about what that really means and how I feel about it. Right. But that was, that was the whole idea to, to, uh, to make people question the reality uh, they live in, to um, read and reread certain passages, to, I don't know, um, I think that the, 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 the impact of, of my novel uh, is more important than what's really happening. This is what I, this is how I envisioned it. Uh, I want people to think less about what it says and uh, more about what it says and, and less about uh, who did what to whom and uh, etc. Right. Yeah. I, so I was in academia for a little while. I got my graduate degree and was definitely, I mean, you saw certain professors that were more or seemed more in it for the fame and glory than than just the research right and you always have these characters and shows or books or movies that you know to them they are the hero of the story because that's their passion or their goal is you know maybe their goal is to save humanity but what else are you hurting along the way all those other like creatures in these new universes that are just created and destroyed that's, yeah it's a hard line when you're you know yeah it's it's good to think about those things though yes and i think it's it's time especially in science fiction because most of science fiction uh, these days uh is about uh, superheroes or robots and uh, alien shooting lasers and stuff like that. So I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to create, create something that was a little bit different, that, uh, that has as a, uh, I, use this, I, I use science fiction as a, as a vehicle to convey certain ideas. Uh, uh, the science fiction that I like, uh, Stanislav Lem, Kurt Vonnegut, um, Philip Dick, now, these are the people who, who wrote books because they wanted to write, write books and not because they, they wanted to write science fiction. Um, I don't know, I, I of course I, I enjoy uh, Marvel superheroes and DC and whatnot, but you know, they're, they're, they're just popcorn, they're good popcorn. And I, I love it, I, I watch it. I, 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 wait for, for, I, I can't wait for, for, for the next installment, but I don't um, come away with uh, anything but uh, you know, being entertained from it so uh, that was that was a very idea to create well basically uh, a mixture of, of literary fiction science fiction and uh, a bunch of crazy idea wrapped in, in this uh, kind of conglomerate of i don't know weird humor humor and uh, all in between
Yeah, I feel like when you're writing either science fiction or fantasy and you're bringing those ethical and moral questions up, it's almost a safer space to do that. So if you did it in a thriller or a contemporary mystery, um, that it's more obvious and in your face. Whereas if you go into the sci-fi genre, then it's you're bringing up the same issues, right? But you're doing it in a safer space and you're letting people explore that through a different lens. I saw, a, or actually I listened to a podcast one time where it talked about um, fantasy was actually bad for kids to read because it didn't show them reality. And I kind of thought, huh, I don't, I don't think that. I think it's actually helping them figure out, you know, what they're going through in a safe space. And a lot of those things that the characters go through in sci-fi or fantasy novels, we can translate back to our own lives, but it's removed from us. So it doesn't feel as raw or scary and maybe helps us think about it in a different way. Right. Uh, couldn't agree more. And so you, before we started taping, you told me that you had like really big revelation. You're going to solve all the Earth's problems and you know the meaning of life. So we are really interested to hear this. Oh, my. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the meaning of life is uh, that you, it, uh, uh, it has a meaning, but um, on, on, on different levels. So, uh, for example, the meaning of life in general might be to produce plastic for humanity. But the meaning of, of life for us personally might be something else. And it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against uh, uh, the notion of, of the universal meaning of life. I mean, life means something uh, else to me, something else to you. And um, we, we all different people with different uh, creeds, ideas and, and whatnot. It's still important. So the, 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 I, I don't think we should uh, even look for for a clear definition of what life really means and why are we here. By the way, uh, would it change anything uh, if I told you that the meaning of life was this or that? I probably you go back to your routine and I don't know, your, your home or work or something. Uh, hence, you know, the, the universal meanings are kind of outdated, I, I think. Um, as for me, I think you know, the meaning of life, the life is meant to be lived. Uh, uh, you basically, I'm, I'm sure that everybody makes mistakes. You, 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 you should be able to fix them. If you can't fix them, then you should move on and uh, uh, be as happy as possible. Sometimes you should be sad. There's nothing wrong with being sad and it's a part of life. Uh, I, I understand that, especially in the Western culture, we are pre-programmed to live a happy life, which is fine, but, you know, maybe life shouldn't always be happy. I mean, you should be happy sometimes, but, you know, that, 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 you know it, it's, it's, it's made up of different moments, and I think each, each one of these moments has, has a meaning of its own. I when I recall events from my life, both of the, the, the sad, the sad, the happy, the, the, the I don't know, whatever else. Uh, I uh, I think that altogether they uh, they created the, the the person that I am. I and without 
some of these, I wouldn't be who am I today. So I think it's it's important to, to have this outlook of of um, of life as a collection of, of, of memories, things happening, and uh, that eventually create something. And, and, and there is no right or wrong. There is no. Um, this is what your life should, should, should turn out like. It never does, by the way. <laughs> I think I realized that at like age 22, maybe. <laughs> Up until then, I was like, well, everything's going great. And then, yeah, I had this picture of how it was supposed to be or what I was supposed to do. And then, like, you know, I really don't have to do it that way. That was like right. an aha moment for me. But I, yeah. I mean, what is happiness without sadness, right? There's a yin, yin and yang and, um, to everything. So how would we know we were happy if we were never sad? You can't have one with the outside the other. Right. Yeah, so life is rich. Should be. I have a question. So you, you're a visual artist as well, correct? How, what made you decide to write a book? Uh, because uh, why why do I write a book? Because I'm a storyteller, essentially, and uh, I I tell stories through paintings, through illustrations, through photography, and through writing. It's it's all part of the same thing for for me. It's a form of expression, and I can express myself differently when I write story. I can express myself differently when when I when I do a painting. But uh, ultimately, it's it's some some uh some part of me going out in the, into the world and i think i i wouldn't be able to express myself completely only with uh, creating paintings or illustrations i needed to actually write something because sometimes you just have, you usually have to say certain things and it's impossible to uh you know to do it in any, any any other way and I like 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 writing. Uh, it's it's again it's 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 a form of expression that I uh, cherished since since I am I, I remember. I was uh, in, I, there were several attempts to my attempts to 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 finish a novel. I think I've, I've written something like five, and they all unfinished, and they they're really bad. And the great converges, and I've been working on it for ten years altogether. Now I didn't, I didn't write it all the time. Of course, I was, I was writing something and then leaving it for a year, coming back to it, etc., etc. Until eventually, I said, okay, I, I have to do it. And uh, and I did, and I finished. I think the the last year and a half, more or less, I put a lot of uh, effort to it. They went through several editors until we got it. Uh, shape uh, and uh, I think comparing to other forms of expression um, literature is is uh, it, it's to me it seems more personal because it's like some, somebody's talking directly to you uh, you can see a painting and, and you know, you, you see the world through somebody's eyes, uh, but it's, I don't know, it, it creates this kind of a distance because you, you, you're looking at something. Whereas when you read a book, it, it, it's your own voice in your own, own head telling you the story and you add your own imagination to it. So writing is like uh, anything else, I would say, in terms of... Uh, uh, I don't know... Uh, 
creating a world that, that wouldn't exist otherwise. That's neat, yeah. I came through this, like I said, I was in science before. So when somebody said I was creative, I took a, it took me a minute to wrap my head around that as an author, but yes, it is a creative endeavor. And that, so that's really neat that you have both sides of that, the visual. I have no visual ability whatsoever. So um, anybody that can do that is like amazing to me. And I, yeah, I guess the voices you are, because when you're reading something, it is that voice and unless you're listening to it. Um, and then it's someone else's voice, which is a different experience for me too, listening to a book. Um, because it does, like if it's not the right, if I've read it before or if it doesn't seem the right voice to me, then it's hard for me. And so I learned that I had to like preview an audiobook to make sure I like the voice before I read, listen to or read a book in that way, in that format. Like some books I would just rather read than listen to. Right, yeah. right, right. So The Great Convergence is your book. And you said you had four or five more on the back burner. Are you going to do something with one of those? Yes, uh, right now, and uh, I actually I'm 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 going to finish uh, very soon a series, a comic book series. Uh, four issues ready. They're they're all unpublished. There's going to be six in the series, and I think they're coming coming out in uh, if everything goes well in in a coming months. And uh, we, this is where I combine uh, illustration with uh, with a script. I have of this the script, obviously. And it's also science fiction, philosophical science fiction, a satire on, on, on humanity. Uh, the story uh, goes like this. Uh, Lord Babla, uh, a rich aristocrat living on, on, on a remote planet, maintains uh, a notably huge lab where he conducts also really weird experiments. His uh, research assistant goes missing or dies in, under uh, suspicious circumstances, so he starts. So, so, so he tends to recreate, and he creates all sort of mutations which are all disagreeable and horrible, and he incinerates them the same instant, until eventually creates the pet thing, which is basically a, a big yellow head with four small feet. And uh, it, it's still disagree disagreeable and horrible. And unfortunately, the, the, the incinerator is out of fuel. So Lord Babla tells the bad thing, OK, I've, I have no choice, but I have to improve on, on, on what I've brought into being. So he takes the bad thing on a trek across the universe, showing him different civilizations and praising the, 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 the civilization in progress. Now, the thing is, the bad thing is being mercilessly brainwashed by Lord Babla, who shows him exactly what he wants to show him, praises things that he wants to praise, and basically the the the, 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 the thing is really innocent and um, uh, he writes the right questions, but always get the, the, the wrong answers. It's again, it's, it's upon the reader to to realize what's really going on, and they they, they travel to I think that the first in the first part they travel to. Uh, to the place where they manipulate time. They, it, it's this kind of a time consortium who um, uh, transform time in, into money, money into time, because as far as physics is concerned, time, time and money are exactly the same thing. 
And in the next part, they, uh, there's a planet where they um, poison the, the place with uh, noxious fumes, and then suck them up uh, with different machines and, and use the powder to do some, some, some really nefarious things. And why do they do it? Because it, the, the way they call it, it's circular economy. You know, people have stuff to do and resources flow, the economy grows and, and it, 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 it's, it's great for, for everybody, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, another, in another uh, comic book, they, they just shoot stars because why do they shoot stars? Because there are so many and they, they would, uh, if they don't shoot stars, they, they they turn into black holes and start cannibalizing one another and they fight for the nebulae dust and so they, they, they have to shoot them for, 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 the, for the goodness of the environment and they do etc etc so again this is this is very this is not not as subtle as the great convergence <laughs> <laughs> and um, of course again I, I try not to moralize too, too much uh, sometimes and he's, he's the catch some readers will agree with Lord Babla Okay, while some readers will agree with bad thing, and uh, you can agree with whomever you wish. There are two different points of view. One of the one of one his is love babla, his is his bad thing, and have at it and think what's right and what, what's wrong, make up your own mind. Very cool. Yes, you answered my question because I was going to say, are you going to do an illustrated novel or a graphic novel, but comics? That's awesome. Yeah, I just did. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, I have, uh, I have to say. It's, all, it's, it's, it's widely psychedelic, uh, with really vivid colors and, and, and rich textures. Um, I've been preparing the, the whole I think I'm working on, I, I think it's half a year already. And it takes me a couple of months to, to finish, finish an issue along with writing the script. And, you know, the problem, the problem is with, with novel, you, you, you can, basically you can, you can keep talking, but with comic book, it has to be really succinct. And to the point, the real estate is uh, scarce, so you have to make, make a point and uh, move on. Right, quickly. yeah, it seems like it would be harder because you only have a certain number of words that you right. can use and a lot of things are described or told through the pictures. And do you publish that like you would a novel? I, I will be publishing it uh, uh, first in digital form and it's going to be, it's going to be available uh, in print at, at a later stage. Uh, like I said, six six uh, parts in, in the first series, and uh, if, if everything goes well, um, I'm going to continue until the until I die, I guess, <laughs> or maybe not. Awesome! I think of all the comics I loved as a kid, and one of my favorite things was when I don't know if in Switzerland if you have this, but the Sunday paper used to have like the color comics when the Sunday paper came. So I would, you know, climb up in my dad's lap and we would read the comics together. Good memory. Is, do you Sam, have the same thing in Switzerland or? Sorry? Do you have, did you have the same in Switzerland with the Sunday paper? Uh, not really. Unfortunately, there isn't, there isn't as, you know, the, the comic scene is not as well developed. However, there are several, uh, uh, publishers that uh, translate many French works into into German because we live in Zurich, so the, the French okay. is pretty much the same in Geneva. But 
that's the German sp uh, speaking uh, part of Switzerland. So there is a lot of a lot of a lot of imported uh, stuff from France and Belgium. Unfortunately, it's just for certain type of uh, people, it's not as uh, as prevalent in Switzerland as as in other parts of Europe. Sadly, mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple. There are a couple. Of, there's there's a couple of newspapers that they have some such people uh, joining, but you know, as for as for comic, uh, not 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 so much. There's there's few things I I I'd rather not talk about because I don't like them. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, That's quite all right. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about like I read my kids' graphic novels with them, but I hadn't thought about an adult comic and how that would be what you know it would come out just like a regular ebook right yes I, I think these days it's much easier more more convenient to publish comic uh, comics as, as as an ebook because uh, i i started reading i, I switched to reading comics uh, uh, on uh, on an ipad uh you have the whole, whole library at your fingertips and you can you, you can uh, enlarge certain parts, whatever, whatever it is that you like, and with paper, well, it's, 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 um, the experience is, is different. Like paper, I still like, I still read paper books, but as for comic, uh, comics, I, I prefer digital, digital media, it's much more, much, much, much more convenient. I yeah, I mean, you could enjoy them much more, yeah, on, right. your, on your device, right? Very cool. Yeah, in terms of creation, it's much easier to 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 do comics uh, uh, digitally. I have been drawing comics uh, with any any tool imaginable uh, uh, until I finally switched to you know, Apple Pencil and and iPad. And why? Because uh, it, it, it allows you to work much faster. And you, you you don't waste paper, which is also good for for, for the environment. I mean, you know, the thing is, sometimes when you draw, you have to when when you see I don't know even Marvel uh, comics and, and whatnot, it, it seems that it's been really um, effortlessly done. Uh, like it looks like I don't know one minute drawing, but you know, the truth of the matter is you have you have to draw it again and again and again. Sometimes it takes you could take a day to, to get something right. And with paper, you just sheet after sheet after sheet. With iPad, you just erase it and and, and do something else. This is the, the whole process. It's all it's it's all created with hands. It's it's, it's not like kind of whatever editing. Software. I design all my uh, digital brushes myself. Everything is custom made. Very cool. I don't. I don't use yeah any, anything uh, anything you know off the shelf. All the textures which I scan especially to 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 add to to the comic. All of this uh, it's 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 um, it's been specifically created for for the particular purpose. That's amazing. It seems like it's going to be re really detailed. I had never thought about. Like the process it would go, it would take to do illustrations in a book. But I just work with an artist. My most recent or my upcoming release um, later this month is an illustrated novel. And there's only there's 10 full color illustrations. So it's not a comic book, it's more a novel with illustrations. But I hadn't really even thought about the process that the artist would go through. And what he did is he hand drew the sketches 
and then he digitized them and then he colorized them and put in all the layers of colors and the shading and mm -hmm. all of those things but it was very interesting to me but it, I could see where if you just did it on the pad with your apple pen or however that's done in the beginning then you could skip, skip the color and digitizing or the right. drawing the paper stuff right. you skip the paper stuff right. makes a lot it's and it is, I have to say, it is uh, it is more difficult to to draw on a, uh, on, a on an iPad uh, because of the friction. Uh, the, you know, these things uh, don't, don't provide as much friction. I tried all you know tips and whatnot, but uh, it's it's much easier to draw with a pencil. However, there are also advantages. Uh, it's it's right there, and you have to uh, maintain. Uh, I don't know, like. 50 different markers or paints. Uh, it, it, it's all created on, on, on the fly. Well, this is really exciting. So it's really great to learn about the Great Divergence. Can you tell people where they would find your book? And you? Okay, uh, you can find me on my website, www.thomascast.com. And my book is available on Amazon. Uh, so will be the, the comic books on my website. You can find everything about me, you know, all, all of my projects, uh, the photography, uh, fine art, illustration, the, the comic books. There are three uh, sample chapters of The Great Convergence, so you can read it and, and uh, try before you buy. Or post angry comments, if you will. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, uh well more or less that this this is where, where you could we could find me off now of course I, I maintain the facebook account which i hardly look at well maybe once a month so <laughs> not much of a social media person yes that can be tiring to keep up with lots of social media yeah well, especially it depends on the temperament i guess yeah that's true um some extroverted people may love it <laughs> I cannot, yeah, I, I can go each way. It depends on my mood. Well, thank you so much for being here, Thomas. We really appreciate it. And all the listeners out there can find you at www.thomascast.com, as well as there will be links in the description of the podcast. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.